I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Esther Hunter is an inspirational speaker, Gulf War veteran, and author. Esther's time in the U.S. Army Reserve broadened her perspective about culture and deepened her appreciation of the uniqueness individuals across the globe. As an accomplished keynote speaker, Esther gives practical demonstrations and strategic leadership insights into fulfilling your life assignment. Esther has a Master's of Business Administration and is currently completing a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. Let's get started. Well, let's dive right in. What would you say to your younger self right at the start when you were entering military service? (laughs) You know, I thought about that. I would say to my younger self, Esther, this decision that you're making will change your life forever. Mm -hmm. I I would emphasize that to myself because I had no clue the impact that it would have on me. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. And I I think too, um, I guess prior to coming into the military, I was just a hometown girl from Alabama who knew my Mm -hmm. inner circle and everybody that I was with and uh, had not traveled much. And joining the military was actually the very first time I had ever boarded a plane in my life. Mm -hmm. First time I boarded that plane was, in route to the Middle East. And so, uh, yeah, so um, I would say that to myself, this decision would change your life forever because of how I grew up in such a sheltered environment and such a small community, had not stepped outside of that community very much, except for, you know, a few other states, a few other cities here in the U.S. And uh, so, yeah, that experience was just an amazing, amazing thing for me, joining the military. Okay. Wow, that was big. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you're talking about transformational change in that one yeah, decision. Yeah. Would your yeah. younger self truly believe that or would you push back? Would you hesitate? How would you have taken that I, advice? You know what? My younger self, because I was very optimistic, even as, as a young person, I was just very optimistic and I was open to new ideas. But I was very sheltered. And so I think part of me would have listened intently and held it into my heart. But I probably wouldn't have even comprehended the massiveness of the changes that would happen in my life as a result. And so I think I would have received it just with a limited understanding. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Huh. You know, it's always interesting how people answer both parts of that because, you know, we're looking back and we have so much more life experience now. I always ask that for twofold because I wonder if we have the opportunity to convince some younger people or people considering to serve right now <laughs> and how much of ourselves do we tell them about <laughs> when we have those conversations? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends upon who you're talking to and how receptive they are to hear what you're saying because especially now because we live in such a time where um, the internet and access to information is just so readily available. And so people tend to go to other resources and feel like they have all the information that they need because, hey, they Googled it and they found it online. Or, hey, they Mm -hmm. saw this news 
um, program. But in a sense, there's nothing like really getting information firsthand from someone who's been there and done that, and you're in their personal space, and they can say to you, hey, this is what it feels like when you do this, or this is what it really looks like. You know, it's not just words on the screen, but it's really actually lived out in that person's life. And there's an added dimension that comes when you're receiving information and advice from somebody who has had it, who's walked through it. And so, yeah, I, I don't know that that to, in today's world, it's as accepted to receive advice mm. as with a younger crowd. But I think it depends upon the who that you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very mm -hmm. great insights. Now... Specifically, if you had to walk someone through mentoring because they were considering serving, what additional advice or additional information would you give them from your personal experience? Well, I would do exactly what we just talked about, and I would encourage them to talk to other soldiers who are already in the field that they might be considering as their MOS. Talk mm -hmm. to as many people as you can. And get as much information as you can firsthand from people who've already been in the military and specifically who are in the career choice or the MOS that you're considering. Um, and just really your research. I would say go at it with a, um, an open mind and an open heart, depending upon their background, depending upon their experience prior to considering the service. But really, really weigh in heavily on what others who have walked the road that you're attempting to walk uh, have been through. But that's what yeah. that, that would be my the, the biggest advice I would give them. Yeah, and I, I like that you touched on research with an open mind because mm -hmm. at times the information, though firsthand and though heartfelt, could be a little bit dated. And I think if you have an open yeah. mind, you're willing to continue to look and continue to have conversations. Absolutely. And knowing that you can always glean information from others, regardless of what say, stage or age you, they were at when they joined the military. So say you're talking to a veteran or someone who's been in the military 15, 20 years, their life experience is going to be different than someone who is 19 years old just considering coming into the military. Mm -hmm. And so even though they're, they're two different paradigms, if you will, about life, I think that you can connect generationally when you have information that is specific to the career choice that they're making. And so because of a person, especially if they're still active duty and not a veteran, if they can still tell, they can tell you what's happening right now in that right. MOS. And so the age is not a barrier there. It's just the experience and how much a person is willing to receive insight from another person, I think, that matters the most. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's just so important. Such a big decision. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. And they need to really consider it because just like with any other career choice, you don't want to be in a career and hate being in it. You know what I'm mm. saying? And they also need to consider that regardless of what career choice you make, whether it's to be in the military or not, it's going to come with both pros and cons. No career field is without its obstacles, but the obstacles are worth it when you experience the victories and the bigness of what you see in your heart. And so I would say considering serving in the military is an awesome thing um, because it gives you an opportunity firsthand to serve others and to not be so self-centered in even our career choices, but to understand that, that we are empowered by empowering other people. And the military gives you a powerful way to do that. Well said. We're empowered when we empower other people. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now we're moving into the transition discussion. One word answer. 
When I say military transitions, you say? Uncertainty. Ah. <laughs> Uncertainty. Because the military is, in some ways, a very sheltered life in that mm. you're within the military community. You get accustomed to military phraseology. You're so a part of the military family, and everything around you is built around that developing that solid core group that really is, is a family, mm -hmm. the military. And so when you're talking about transitioning, especially someone who's been for many years and, and have, have gotten so accustomed to the military family and step out into now civilian life, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, whether we admit it or not. And so that would be the one word that I would use. And in that, I would say, don't expect civilian life to uh, mimic or be the same as your military career. Be open mm -hmm. because it opens the door for uncertainty so that you can grow and change beyond what you experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. L lots of very great details in that about how mm -hmm. because the military is such an all-encompassing culture, family, with its own language and phraseology, that as you yes. think about leaving that environment, there is this deep uncertainty about what's next. But I think you helped us think through what to expect next by saying, don't expect it to be the same. And if you can approach it that way, you can start the journey to truly transition well. Yes. And I think also because the military teaches you and trains you to be really solid and not to, you know, you can't really truthfully fulfill your assignments with if you're always fearful. So there's a lot of training that's involved with military life that causes you to have fortitude and strength and to take courage and all of those things. But and so in transitioning, when you feel uncertain, it is an unfamiliar feeling because you've been trained so much to discard uncertainty because the military is very dress, right dress. It's very structured. It's very, mm -hmm. it has a lot of, you know, it's black and white in many, many areas. And so you know what to expect by certain things. If you do A, this B will happen. And so going into civilian life, making that transition, a lot of soldiers need to know it is okay to be uncertain, especially if you started out in the military right out of high school and you spent a career 15, 20, 25 years in that structured environment. To not know what to expect from civilian life is okay. It's actually normal. And so uncertainty is not a bad word. It's just a life experience. It's a moment mm. in time where you're making a decision. You're at this strategic inflection point. You're at this point where you're, you're going to go left or you're going to go right. You made the decision to go right. And now you have to anticipate good, even though you're uncertain about how the good will come. And I think expectation plays a big part in how we handle uncertainty. We can be uncertain about something, but if we have a positive attitude and we expect the right doors to open, the, taking the right steps, and we have a positive mindset about it, we overcome the uncertainty at a quicker pace than if we are, if we have a negative mindset and anticipate mm -hmm. And so really training, your, training yourself and, and, and meditating to yourself and getting around other people, like I said, who've already been there and done that, to help smooth out that transition and smooth out that feeling of uncertainty. And it will help you to make the transition uh, easier. Yeah. I like that because when you first said uncertainty, I felt that immediately went back <laughs> to the start of my transitions process. But then you said, 
uncertainty is not a bad word. It's just a part of life. And for such a big transition, it's actually normal. And I think that was well said. Yes, yes, it is yeah. very normal. And um, we need to embrace that, especially in, in the world that we live in. And think about it if you, you think about how quickly things are changing. I mean, you buy an iPhone this week and within the next 60 days, they may have another grade to it. Everything mm-hmm. <laughs> is always changing. It's always changing. And so in the world that we live in, we live in an ever-changing world. And so as soldiers, when we make the transition, we have to flow with that change and understand that that change is not an end. It's actually a new beginning. Flow with the change. I like that. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so let's talk about your career now, what you do, and just what brings you joy about this part of your life and your life's work? You know, actually, I I totally love what I do. I'm an empowerment speaker and author. I actually have two books released primarily for women's empowerment, Beauty Mm -hmm. Inside Out, The Open Doors and Solid Walls. And I do a lot of time. I spend a lot of time coaching and mentoring women. And so that's what I do now. It's, It's my it's my passion. It's something that has been instilled in me for such a long time, and I thoroughly enjoy it. And I think one of the reasons why I enjoy it so much is because I love to see what the power of positive words and encouragement can do for someone who is in that transition, trying to see what is my next step? You know, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And I think that so for me, the impact of what I do, speaking into other people's life, coaching them, mentoring them, helping them find their why, and mm-hmm. um, pursue that dream of that passion within them, even if they're feeling fear. If I can play a part in helping someone get there to that place where they make that decision to follow their dream or follow their passion and to be an assistant to them uh, with the words that I speak, it's just an amazing thing. So yeah, that's what I do. It's what I love. Yeah. One of the things I liked is that in your bio, it says that you help people strategically find insights into fulfilling their life assignments. And as you just shared, you know, that just resonated with me because so many of us, we're doing our best, but we're not lined up with our life assignment. So even at our best, there are some ceilings we hit or some breaks that are on as we try to move forward. Any insight into why coaching and even finding uh, speakers like yourself to speak life into your situation can help you take those breaks off or even clear some of those ceilings and soar a bit Mm -hmm. higher? You know, I think it's just so awesome when a person discovers the why behind what they're supposed to be doing with their life, not just what they're supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. but the why. And so your life assignment is attached to a cause, attached to a purpose. And so I think that removing, you said, the ceiling, the limitations we place upon ourselves, and I think a lot of it is because, like I said, in our society, there's so much information out there that says, this is what success looks like. If you do this, this is what success looks like. Actually, that person is telling you what their reality of success looks like. So Mm -hmm. say you take a doctor, a surgeon, who's, who's the head surgeon in his field, and he's just phenomenal and everybody, he has all of these awards and these accolades and someone looks at him and says, this is a picture of success. But if a person is not inclined to be in the medical field, they need to find someone and identify with someone else 
who is in the same stream that they're in. Because you can tell me that that is the picture of success all day long, but if that's not my reality, then that is not success for me. I can look at them and applaud their success in their field, but I have to find someone that I can identify with in my passion who shares the same dreams, who shares the same passions. And not to be a cookie cutter mold of them, but to understand that we learn from each other. And so, and that what I desire to do is actually attainable to me. And how far I go with that really is not up to anyone else. It lies within me. The power to be who I'm supposed to be lies within me. And so mm-hmm. it's just not a matter of getting it. It's a matter of drawing it out of me. It's already oh, wow. there. I need to tap into it and draw it out. And as I do that, then I can use it to impact other people in a positive way. Yeah. I think in that you broke down issues of comparison, you know, issues of copying someone else because that was a planted vision of success. And then lastly, I love how you use the visual of drawing it out of you. Like like that caterpillar already is a butterfly. It's the process that unleashes it. That is absolutely right. That is absolutely right. And then taking that to the next step to say, now that the caterpillar has become a butterfly, give yourself permission to fly. Mm. That's where the success comes, is when you make the transformation into the butterfly, now all of a sudden you realize potential that was inside of you that you never knew you had until you changed, until you made the transition. So going to that next stage where now you've identified what it is that is your passion and your purpose, and you're finally free not to compare yourself to what someone else is doing just because it may not look, what your passion may not look magnificent to them. And that's Mm -hmm. okay because it's not theirs, it's yours. And that's when you rise to your shine. That's when you reach your potential. That's when you go beyond the limits. When you realize that it is okay for me to absolutely love doing what I do and be good at it. That is success to me. And so we move away from a mindset of making success something other than the fulfillment that you have in your heart and in your mind about the positive that you release into the world. Yeah. (laughs) Speechless by that. Your heart... (laughs) your success, give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to fly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and I know when you're coaching, you're speaking that you consistently get feedback about how different you are and, and how much more you bring to the table at times Mm -hmm. than, you know, most in your field, what would you Mm -hmm. say are the values from your military career that allows you to continuously be that standout and just continue to build your brand and build other people the way you do. I would say the the number one thing as far as what I experienced with the military and the life skill that it developed in me was courage. Uh Courage to just do it. Courage to step out of the box and just do it. Courage to take the next step, whether it's writing a book, whether it's releasing a song, whether it's speaking in front of a large crowd or a small crowd, just take courage, be present, and just do it. That was a core thing that the military helped to develop in me. And then self-discipline, because you have to, if you're going to be at the top of your game, if you will, you have to have self-discipline. In other words, mm-hmm. no one is going to come and say, okay, you need to write at least three pages of this next book today. You need to be, mm-hmm. there, there has to be a part of you that's committed to your cause regardless. So self-discipline, I think optimism, 
perseverance would be something else. And then mm-hmm. I want to tap on this one specific thing, and that is loyalty. The military mm-hmm. helped me to remember and trained me to be loyal to a cause. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's, that's kind of lacking in a lot of things in society now. Is people are not truly loyal at times, but loyalty is huge because loyalty is connected to your commitment. And long-term, if you can be loyal to yourself and loyal to the people around you, you develop a network that is just unbeatable. And so loyalty would be a huge thing that I think the military trying taught me. Yeah, I think you solve something for many people, but I'll just recap on you talking about courage to just do it, uh, mm-hmm. be present, the self-discipline to actually stick to the task that gets you to where you said you need to go. And I love when you started to tap into loyalty. You said loyalty to a cause and loyalty connects you to your commitment, which actually is how you build that deep network. And I know as people transition, you know, they're always talking about networking and building a network, but at times they might not know that they don't possess the loyalty to deserve the best deeply connected network. That's right. That's right. Because if you think about it, the people sometimes that say someone wants to connect with Oprah or they want to connect with some well-known person, those people have a network of people that are around them. And the people that are around them, 99.99% of the time are people that have proven loyalty, Mm -hmm. not just talent, not just skill, not just ability, but loyalty to them and loyalty to their cause. And so I think part of that starts with us being loyal to ourselves first, because you really can't give to others what you don't give to yourself. And so if I'm loyal to myself, if I get up in the morning and I do my exercise, that's showing my—it's showing me that I can be loyal to something that's significant to me, to my health. Right. If I'm loyal to myself, then I don't have a problem giving that to someone else when it's required or when it's or whether it's required or not. It's just the characteristics that I've developed that helps me in my connection with other people. And that actually is the thing that smooths out relationships and helps everyone to just be themselves. Because with loyalty, you're not just loyal to the person or the commitment to the cause when everything is going well. True loyalty is demonstrated when things are being challenged. When it looks like the business is going to fail and you still show up with a positive attitude, that's loyalty. And so that's a huge part of what we need, especially as we're making the transition from the military into civilian life, take that characteristic and that trait and demonstrate it in work environments that where employees typically are not loyal, you know, don't steal the company's (laughs) ideas and use them as your own (laughs) loyalty, self-discipline, all of those things play into who you are and how you are in the civilian life. Wow. Well said. Now, to just extend on that thought, and I'm pretty sure you you have employers approach you on how best to find, hire, and retain veterans. Mm-hmm. What would you say to employers about veterans and how best to create an environment where veterans can come into their spaces, thrive, and help them to even go further? Well, you said a very key word, and that is find. Because if employers are sitting back just waiting for veterans to find them, they're just going to get some people sometimes who are just out kind of on a limb to a certain degree. I think that employers, when you say fine, have to position themselves in the military community, somehow mm-hmm. connecting with the military community and demonstrate a desire 
to connect with veterans in that way. Because what that says to the veteran is that they're not looking at me as if I'm someone who's just been in the military and have no clue of how to work in another environment. But they're actually looking at me as someone who's valuable, who's cultured, who's probably lived on more than one continent, who comes mm-hmm. with a whole package of experience that the average person that they hired straight out of college may not have. had that experience. And so there's a powerful, powerful thing when employers position themselves within the military community to be an outreach, to be present, to have their voices heard, and to make their company known within the military community. Those are going to be the companies where veterans are most likely going to reach out and seek positions. And so, yeah, yeah, that would be one of the things that I would say. Hmm? Yeah, it's so practical and something I overlook as well. But the companies who actively position themselves as a place where veterans can continue to serve beyond the uniform, that's where veterans usually go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, keep going. No, I was just going to say that with that, there is a whole lot that goes into that because there are certain regulations and restrictions that are there. When you're talking about civilians working with alongside the military. So we have to remove the limitations out of our minds to say that those restrictions or those regulations is a better word. They're there for the protection of both the soldier and the employer. And so we can operate within those guidelines with anticipation that in the end it's going to pan out to be mutually beneficial relationships. And it is mm-hmm. worth following the regulations to establish that. Yeah, I like that. Seek mutually beneficial relationships and don't be blocked by what's in place to protect both parties. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that really builds that bridge that connects the private and public sector, especially when it, we're talking about uh, military transitions and employing veterans. Yes. Now, when you are mentoring, coaching, or speaking to service members right at the start of their transitions process, what do you typically share as first steps, best practices, or even uh, some insights from your life experience? At the beginning of their transition, which in my mind, when I see the transition, I don't see it as the day that they're leaving, you know, changing the uniform into civilian. That transition should start several months before it's time for them to take the uniform off. Mm-hmm. So I would say in the steps of transition, when you know that you're going to be getting out, that is the time. I mean, in fact, even before that, to start doing your research, finding where your fit is, what your next niche is, if you will, the thing that you enjoy doing, maybe that thing that you've been wanting to do while you're in the military, but you just didn't have the time to pursue that. And I would say spend your time, do several months of researching it out, connecting with other people, and start establishing that network, even with other veterans who've gotten out before you, who may be Mm -hmm. able to help direct you towards resources that will help you to get on your feet as a civilian um, employee rather than, or even as an entrepreneur. And this is a big thing that I would say. As far as the employment sector is concerned, I think that as you're making the transition, don't limit yourself to just being employed, but have an entrepreneurial mindset that says, Mm -hmm. I can be an employer and use the skills, talents, and abilities that I have to help gain someone else be employed. And so it depends upon financial status and all of those things that come into play as to starting a new venture. But I do believe that it plays out in the end for the community better if veterans have a mindset also of entrepreneurship. And so 
There's one aspect of it where, yes, we want to be employed, and yes, we can find a way to transition from military life into civilian life with that bridge of the employer who's already there. I would say also, perhaps they should seek out veteran-owned businesses, because <laughs> nobody knows a veteran like a veteran. So yeah. don't, don't limit yourself to organizations that may not be veteran-owned. And so broaden your perspective is what I'm saying, and, and take the limitations off of your employability. Those will be the first steps that I would say. Yeah, I like that. The contrast of being employed versus being an entrepreneur, seeking out veterans-owned businesses, and knowing that you have it within you to be entrepreneurial, and you can become the employer. I think veterans don't hear that enough and at times miss opportunities because they're doing the work and programming themselves only to one end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you do that, that leads for sometimes disappointment because there are certain circumstances that's happening in our economy and with jobs now that it may force you to, to be creative and how you're going to get those resources to be all that you want to be. Are you going to limit yourself to working for someone else, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be creative enough to know that you have it within you to produce and not just to consume. So we can be producers, we can be actively engaged in community, we can do all of those things, and we can also work for someone else. Maybe someone's dream is to be at the top of the IT chain in an organization like Microsoft or one of those organizations, but we can't limit ourselves to that because all in all, you want to take all of the skills that you have, all of the training and the years of experience that you have, regardless of how long, three years, five years, 15 years, and you want to maximize your potential with that. And so and, and taking those limitations off of your mindset gives you the capacity to do that. And it may be good to start out working for someone else to just get your feet wet in mm -hmm. the civilian tech. You can do that, but also be free that if you're at that stage where, you know, you're ready to launch out and do your own thing, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. That's great practical advice. And to everyone listening, you know, make sure you consider exactly what you want to do as it aligns to your values, your purpose, and that could mean making the preparations and doing the research to eventually becoming the employer. Mm -hmm. All right. When you, when you get to speak to veterans community, veterans gatherings, what do you typically ask of them in terms of their service, the way they come together to pool resources and encourage each other, or just what guidance do you typically give to the veterans community? To the veterans community, this is one of the biggest things that, that, that is a passion that I have is to see veterans truly embrace the bigness of who they are. It takes a huge heart to serve your country. It takes a huge heart to be committed to the cause of protecting our nation when sometimes you're appreciated and at other times you may not be. And so when I speak to veterans or veterans groups, one of the biggest things I'm, I want veterans to tap into the fact that they're not just average, but there's something inside of you that pushed you beyond the limit of just thinking about yourself to thinking about how you can help someone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the core or foundational things that I talk to veterans about. After that, also taking what you have and maximizing it, maximizing your skills, 
take full advantage of the fact that you can get your education while you're still in the military um, and then actually make that transition to civilian life. In other words, the benefits that are there for you, access those benefits while you have them. Uh, And then once you make the transition to being a veteran, take that uh, capacity that you have to think outside of the box, which is what the military tends to help you to do, take that maximize it and begin to employ that in your community, whether that's in serving as a volunteer on a board or regardless of what it is, always, always, always take the skills that you have, the the understanding that you gain and put it to you somewhere in your community. Always believe in yourself. And the biggest thing is to give yourself permission to grow and to experience new things. That's Mm -hmm. what I always tell that. Yeah. 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 I took some notes on that and embrace who you are. As big as you really are, that commitment to serve proves something to yourself. I really liked how you said that and always believe in yourself. I I think, you know, there's messages within the veterans community that runs counter to that. So this is so refreshing to just remind veterans that, yes, there's work to do. Yes, we have to grow. But if you don't even believe it's possible, if you don't even believe in yourself, you don't start on that journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's number one. Start with yourself and just start believing in yourself. And how do you do that? Especially if you've been in a culture and environment that typically doesn't encourage you to do so. You have to think outside of the box. You have to make, there's so much self-help stuff that's online and that's available. But other than that, self-help, I think being a part of a community of people who lift you up, you know, you always you, you can always turn a negative into a positive, depending upon how you see a situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm always encouraging veterans to look at the situations that present in their lives and figure out ways, think about ways, meditate on ways to turn that negative into a positive, and then get around other people who speak positively about the situation. If you always hear negative, this is going to come out of you because whatever you put in is what you release out. And so finding ways to be positive and stay positive being in environments that lend to that, investing yourself, get yourself in an environment where you are being coached, where you are being mentored, where you are being trained. It's something that you had to do coming up through the ranks in the military. There's Mm -hmm. always someone with that next step that's going to be speaking into you with the same thing. Once you become a veteran, you have to surround yourself with people who can also encourage you and that you can build a network of encouraging each other. So there's so many resources available out there that Veterans can take advantage of, but we have to take those steps and believe in ourselves and then believe in other people and um, create that environment of positivity around ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Clear advice on steps to take to go on your personal journey of growth, of deeper self-awareness and belief, and just really resonated with how big you really are and how your service can continue to impact the world. Okay. Tell us about a book that you felt really impacted your life in a positive way or just caused you to self-reflect and challenge yourself in a very detailed way. Yeah. So a book that I would recommend without reservation, it's called Uncover Your Potential by Dr. Mouse Monroe, because your potential is hidden within you and you have the responsibility to uncover it. 
And so I think in reading that book, it helps you to discover actually your potential. Help you to it helps you to realize that you're more than you think that you are. And it gives you insights on ways to remove those limitations that you've placed on yourself. Because really and truly, if you've not placed limitations, if you remove the limitations that you place upon yourself, any limitations that someone else places upon you, it really doesn't have the impact upon mm-hmm. you. That is intended because you're outside of that limitation in your mindset. So, Uncover Your Potential by Dr. Miles Monroe is a book that I would recommend. Every veteran should read that. Okay. Very familiar with uh, Dr. Miles Monroe's work. So, I'm adding that to my personal reading list. Awesome. <laughs> now, where can veterans, our listeners, people who want to book you to speak, or people who want to take advantage of, uh, tapping into your coaching program, where can we find you, reach out to you, learn more about your work? Absolutely. And the best way to reach out to me is through email, esther.hunter at icloud.com. They can mm-hmm. reach out to me there. And um, just send me an email. Uh, also, you know, go to any of my social media sites. Uh, I have links to ways to get connect with me there, Facebook and Twitter. And if you Google Esther Hunter MBA, I should come up in the full and you'll see me there on all of the different social media platforms. But the best way is to email me at esther.hunter at icloud.com. Okay. All right. So if you're out there, you're as impressed with uh, Esther Hunter's spirit, her work, her clarity of purpose, and you just want to connect in a deeper way, follow her, follow her work. Again, email is the best way to reach her or connect with her on her social platforms from LinkedIn to Facebook and the other options that are out there. Yeah. All right. Any parting piece of guidance for our listeners and any go do's? Uh, I would say celebrate your life. You have one opportunity to live it, live it well. I love it. Concise to the point, but very big. Celebrate your life. One opportunity. Yes. Well, Esther, Thank you again for agreeing to do the show and just really challenging us to still be courageous outside of uniform and be loyal to the causes and to the people that really are journeying with us through life. So thank you again. And, you know, I just look forward to learning more about your work, following your work. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great day and enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Beautiful. Take care. Thank you.